Hello, KM family, and welcome to the Kingdompreneur Mentor Podcast, where listeners experience God's unfair advantage in life and business, hosted by Reggie Flowers. Kingdompreneur Mentor supports the development of faith-based entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs by helping them to dismantle their struggles and gracefully build a life of fulfillment and success while honoring God. We exist to provide you with the evidence that faith plus skills times belief equals disproportionate increase in your life and business. So whether you're listening in your office, kitchen, car, or on the treadmill at the gym, thank you for trusting us with your ears as we continue to strive to maintain that trust. Hello, hello, KM family. I hope each and every one of you are doing well. Thank you, Shannon, for that wonderful introduction. As always, it is Sunday, August 20th. It is a beautiful, beautiful summer day here in Metro Detroit. How is it where you're at? What's the weather like? If you're in California or you're remotely traveling to any of the islands that are being hit right now with um, Hurricane Hillary, uh, we're definitely going to pray for you and your family or your loved ones to make sure people are safe. They're, we're enduring some unique times. And ultimately, I feel these times are still slightly responsible by man. And so therefore, um, we have to do our part to continue to encourage a better world and get people who are in power out of power and and get those who are filled with the spirit in power so that we're making better biblical decisions and that we're aligned with God's order and not the enemy's plan and schemes. Today for us, it's Sunday. Uh, My wife returned from traveling to California to see family. We got her out of there because of the hurricane, right? So she went there to visit some family for a family dinner and she had to leave early just in case, right? You want to make sure that if you had to choose between leaving early or staying later, which one's the better of the choice? And she chose to come home early. Uh, We were happy to have her back home. And I just continue to talk to people throughout the week and I can just see there is a clear, clear attack on family, And I think foundationally, we as people of the body, people uh, in the body of Christ and representing the church, have to do a better job in our day-to-day activities. And that's why I want to have a conversation tonight. And forgive me for being a little late because we had some parties today and we were just busy. It was just one of those days, right? But I want to stick to my commitment of making sure you got this content, this information today, because as I stated last week, we were going to discuss the five characteristics. Last week was the roles, but the five characteristics of a biblical husband, because when you look at who's at the head of the church, you know, Christ is the head of the church. And when you think about your husband being the head of the home and the representation of the church, right, and the head of Christ is our Lord and Savior, you know, God, we want to make sure that things are in order. And as a, if I'm a woman, which I'm not, and I'm not going to become one, so if you're listening, don't panic. But if I was a woman, I think it would be really important for me to understand the attributes, the roles, the behaviors, the personality traits of a biblical husband. Because if you understand how that person should think, move, act, operate, how they should discern, how they should respond versus react, how to deal with adversity, you can begin to pick these things out and identify them quickly in the dating process. Or if you're already married and you're looking at your spouse and you're petitioning them to become a greater spouse, to become closer to God, to really 
take their responsibility as the head of the home seriously from a biblical standpoint, you have to be clear on what these attributes are and why God positioned them that way. Because there are a lot of people right now that are so out of order that because the world says it's okay, right? And I don't mean order as in like, well, if I'm a woman and I'm you know, paying for the bills and my husband isn't working, it doesn't change the fact that he's still my husband. So if we went before God and had a covenant, we have a responsibility. And I think what happens is that people fail to realize that responsibilities are unemotional. So it doesn't matter how you're feeling, if you're emotional, you know, if you're upset, angry, frustrated, it does not neglect the fact that you are the wife, he is the husband, and there's some things that we need to do in order to make sure our covenant is, you know, honored by God and respected by his order. So we're going to talk about these roles and characteristics. And ladies, I want to help you today is give you, I'm going to give you a blueprint, an outline that will help you identify, to encourage, to have a plan of action, especially right now if you're listening to me and you're dating, the roles of a biblical husband will tell you some of these major characteristics that God put in place and and gave some of these gifts to man, okay, through Eve, I mean Eve, through Adam, and what we should be doing, okay? And so what I want to talk about right now is the first and foremost that he's a leader. And in today's time, leader, you know, I define leader as someone who can influence and does it in a manner where you don't feel dictated, you don't feel like they're a tyrant and oppressed and, you know, um, dispositioned as a result of their authority, right? A leader is able to tactfully and respectfully move you in a direction, influence you into a direction because they know the way, they've gone the way, and they're proven. So leadership has been now, the enemy's done a great job of calling leadership um, insecurity, right? Because if somebody is leading, therefore they need to have boundaries. Good leaders, especially if you look at John Maxwell's book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, he outlines some great leadership characteristics. As a matter of fact, 21 of them. And if you want your man to be a strong leader, that means that you as the woman has to also be ready to be a strong follower of that leader. And that person has to exemplify these attributes. But I want to step into a passage first to give us context to this conversation before we continue. And so I want you to turn your Bible or your cell phone Bible to 1 Corinthians um, chapter 11, verse 3, okay? And so we're going to start there. And the verse goes, But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. Okay, that's key. And the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. So if you look at that order, God, Christ, man, woman, that order was established because God's order is designed for good. And what is good is also to be designed to become perfect. But it has to be good first and it has to be accepted for it to become perfect. The challenge here is that People, man has created all these warrants or disclosures or has to be subjective to, but it's clearly outlined above and below. If you read the passage, there's no caveats. So for you to have a man as a leader, let's talk about some of the things that you're going to be, you're going to identify in that man. 
number one, he's not a bully. So he's not going to use emotion to influence you. He's not going to use, you know, his size and strength to move you. He's number two, he's not abusive verbally and physically. So if you're, in a, you're entering a dating realm where there's some subtle verbal abusive conversations where there's manipulation to get you to do things or to cause you to, to second guess yourself, right? They're using an abusive angle, then that's a clear indicator that that person is not identified as a Christ-like leader. They're also not at number three, they're not aggressive, right? And so aggress- aggression can be sensual in, in the context of sex or in sports. It could be a great attribute. In business, it could be a great attribute. But being aggressive with what God has made women to be fragile is not a good combination. So you take, like they used to make those saying, uh, like a bull in a China shop, right? Like China is priceless in many regards, is fragile, and then have a bull running through the rampant is not ideal. That's aggressive. And then he's not angry. So he's not easy to anger with you. So if you're dating and you're out and about and you see that you're doing things that are respectful, you're above reproach, but this man is easily angered and frustrated. And then as the nurturing you, you always want to comfort that anger. You want to you know, be empathetic until the anger is pointed at you. But when he's pointed at other people, that needs to be a clear identifier that this man needs to work on his emotional intelligence in order for him to be classified as a spiritual leader. So make sure you pay very close attention to those assets because the man who's right for you, that is a God-like leader, he will be able to listen without speaking first. He will be able to reason and bring in discernment and wisdom and back it by uh, spiritual and biblical doctrine to support why he's making this decision, why he believes what he believes, and he's standing firm in the word of God. And therefore, you should be able to stand and submit to that, yield to that, and therefore follow that, right? That's when you know you're rocking with someone. And he will continue to behave this way in the beginning and when death do, you know, does you part, he will continue to conduct himself that way. Okay, and so then we look on the other side, that man that you're looking to identify will be proactive, right? So he's not going to wait for things to happen. He's going to bend things to his will, that he's going to pray and, and follow Holy Spirit and be very proactive so he can stay ahead of the curve. He wants to please God. So his actions, when you're around or when you're not around, he knows that he is being watched and he's governed by God. And so therefore, his character, his integrity, his ethics are cemented with that concept and that he's conscious that, you know, what the words that come out of his mouth, the actions that he takes, he's very cognizant of what he's doing because he wants to be pleasing to God. This man will also be enthused to pastor his home. You know, when I think about my home, you know, as a a biblical husband, I love seeing that my children ask before dinner who can um, bless the food. And it doesn't matter where we're at. Today, we were going bike riding. And one of our new, you know, healthy ventures is to 
spend more time bicycling where we need to go to the grocery store since it's summertime or we're just getting exercise in before I go to the gym. I take my boys on a three to four mile bicycle ride at a pretty good pace, six, seven miles an hour. Let them get the heart rate up, right? Get that blood flowing. And so today we bicycled up to um, Dairy Queen. And my second son, Alex, wanted a hot dog and he took his older brother in there and, you know, now he's making money in business. He went and purchased some food from there. And Alex, before he ate his hot dog, he bowed his head and began to bless his food right in the parking lot. And I was just so proud of him because he watches his father pastor the home, bring scripture into the storm, stand on God's word. And so therefore, he's seeing it as a benefit, the presence of God as a benefit. So that man that you're seeking or the man that you're hoping to grow will want to pastor the home, right? He's not going to be necessarily a pastor of a church, but he's going to be a pastor of the church, which is your home. And then be a protector, I mean, that comes in so many different facets. And oftentimes, we always think about the masculine protection to be a physical protection, although that's important. And what's also important, though, is the emotional protection. We as husbands have a responsibility, especially biblical husbands, to protect our children, our wives, in the capacity that we think about them from a a physical perspective and an emotional perspective. I am always hyperly aware of my wife's emotional state, of my children's emotional state and looking for solutions to keep that emotional balance sustained. So I will do things like if I see my wife burning out, you know, I will immediately step in and say, hey, I'll take the kids this morning or I will put them to bed or I will, you know, put something away that she's working on. Even though I may have worked a 12 hour day, a 10 hour day, God has wired me to take on so much more. My capacity enables me to take things off her table or things off her plate, so to speak. And it's not a real burden to me, but what it does, it keeps her grounded. It keeps her sane because as the protector, you have to protect your home from internal liability, internal conflict, internal confusion. And so the right biblical husband is aware of that. And you want somebody who's thinking of that to be a protector. And he'll do the small things like he, he won't rest well being in bed, not checking the doors. He won't rest well making sure that the windows are locked because he just wants to know that he's done his part as best as possible each and every night, right? This is not something you do three days a week or four days a week. This is something that's on 24-7, ensuring that your home is protected and the people you love are as well placed emotionally and physically as possible. So that's what a leader does. Okay, let's go on to point two. Your husband is a laborer, okay? And so we're going to go into 1 Timothy 5, 8. Okay, 1 Timothy 5, 8. And this is important too, and I want you to listen to this very carefully. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his house, own house, he had denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Okay, so what the scripture is saying that not only will a man provide outside of his own, and it's okay for him to do that. But he needs to provide definitely within his home. And if he does not provide, right, and we'll talk about provision in a second, he's denied 
the faith, right? And so when you understand that the entrusting of God in, in this and what He's given us, right? That we can have doubt and still move forward confidently, right? That rock solid faith that He is worth worse than an infidel. And if you're not familiar with the word infidel, if you look it up, it is someone who has denied faith, denied religion, and or someone who is in a state of disbelief. So they're worse than the person who is denouncing God, a person who does not provide. And so what that means is that a man, that when when Eve and when Adam and Eve were in the garden, God made it very clearly that a man is to work and that the woman would bear pain having children, right? Like that was part of the parenting that God provided them for for being disobedient and not listening to the take, you know, eating from the tree of good and bad, right? Knowledge and wisdom. And so when you look at today's time, men are supposed to work. And what do we define work as? We define work as providing a outcome that covers expenses, that covers you know, obligations, right, that they are to provide. And so let's just go use use the context because sometimes people really get jaded on this if the wife is working full time and the husband is staying at home. I want to draw context to Proverbs 31 because even in Proverbs 31, when you look at that the one that woman, right, when they describe that wonderful woman, even though the husband was the provider in that context, with the money that she she makes on the side, she would buy land and continue to add to their wealth. So even if that man is not working for a company, there's no reason for him not to have a side hustle. There's no reason for him not to be in a position where he's creating income. And then he's taking that income that he has created because God has given him the skills, the knowledge, the ability to create Taking that and contributing it to the home, there is no excuse for you to be at home saying, well, I'm taking care of the children, that I'm, you're working and this is my responsibility, especially if the children are above the age of four and they're attending, you know, um, elementary school, junior high school, high school, and that means you have hours to yourself, you are taking advantage and that is not a role of a biblical husband. And there will be temptation you know, when you think about Joseph, he was tempted by his slave master's wife and he denied that. But then David fell to that temptation. So there will be temptation to not do what you're supposed to do, to to follow what the world's asking you to do. But you have to deny the flesh and make sure you do your responsibility according to the works of God. Number three, a husband is loyal. Ooh, that's a big one, right? People want loyalty. And as a woman, before you can ask for loyalty, you have to have a loyal bone within you. You know, in today's time, because it's so easy to get attention, men may not know, but attention to a woman is very close to a sexual experience, very close to an infant you know, creating infidelity because it's an emotional and psychological desire by the flesh to gain attention from men, not women, the opposite sex, right? So if you're into, I mean, men, getting that attention from men that are not your husband 
is crucial and that is disloyal. So remember that you have to be congruent first, ladies, before you can seek loyalty. You have to be loyal. You have to know that when the, when the going gets tough, you double down and you focus down. And you may say, well, Reggie, why would I do that if he's not my husband? Listen, loyalty is part of your character. So if you chose to get into a relationship with someone, you can't get in and say, well, I'm going to give you pieces of my character. Well, then now we got to look at your integrity. So the integral part is that you have to choose well so you can be well and then work towards building something. So for that guy, if he says, oh, well, baby, you know, flirting is not a big deal. I just do that a little bit. I don't mean thing by it. He is not loyal. Like I think about when I go to the gym, right? You know, I'm in some of the best shape of my life and there's eyes watching. I see it. There are people watching me, women specifically, and they're giving me that look if our eyes happen to cross, you know, like, hey, come talk to me. You can say hi to me. And I don't. I don't get into conversations. I don't get into chit chat. I go in. I do my work. I see the offers, the opportunities. I ignore them because the moment I open my mouth as the stronger specimen, as the the one that God's given me the ability to have dominion on this earth, I am now opening up possibility for my flesh, for the enemy, doors that don't need to be open, windows that should be closed. I'm creating that and that creates a disloyalty. But if you're loyal, you should be you shouldn't be subject to even feeling like you need that, the need to feel if you still have it or not, right? If you still got that that ability or not for the worldly experiences, that's not loyalty. And remember, the enemy's lies will be things like making that man believe that could, the grass could be greener on the other side. or And we all know the grass is always going to be greener where you water it, right? Where you add fertilizer, where you maintain. So loyalty He is going to be loyal to a fault if you are a great woman and you are also loyal too. You'll get the best out of him. Okay, let's continue. We're rocking. We're going to number four. Four out of five. Okay. A husband has a high teachability index. Okay. That's really crucial too. And so we're going to start with the, we're going to go to 1 Peter 3, 7. Okay. Get with me if you're with me. Say I if you're here. Excellent. First Peter, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to the knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Okay? And so we're going to capture a few points here. Number one, living with your wife according to the knowledge, right? Now, what knowledge is Peter really speaking about here? And so in context... God has made it very clear why man and woman are together, what that union, that covenant is supposed to do. But then what he's speaking here is the knowledge of your wife, right? That that man is willing to learn you, understand you, okay? That's a a very critical part. And then the honor, meaning that he's going to treat you fragilely. He knows that his emotional capacity is greater than yours. God designed it that way. And so with you being a weaker vessel, not the weaker human as a, as a less than or not as strong, you know, in, intellectually. No, it means simply that we as men are designed for 
tremendous amounts of stress, tremendous amounts of pressure, tremendous amounts of things that the world brings that the woman is just not built for. Just like women are built for enduring as a partner, as a helpmeet that a man is not built for, right? So we all have our gifts and our benefits that the creator's given us and that we need to honor that. And so that we could be heirs together though. So for that man, what he's going to do is he's going to spend time getting to know you, understanding you, you know, um, reprimanding and, and, and guiding you. That's what he's going to do. But he also realized that by doing that, that when he, when you two come together before God and prayers will be heard because he's honoring you, respecting you, valuing you. Listen, if he's not valuing the dating process, if he's not valuing you because, you know, he has a lot going on. Look, I am a multi-business owner, a multi-father, okay? And I still make a great deal of time to shut down things that by business standards could be a higher priority just to say, hey, to my wife, let me take you out to eat. Let me sit down. Let me rub some lotion on your feet, right? I know you've been on your feet all day. Why do I do that? Like, what is my intention? My intention is that I understand where her capacities are. I know where her limiters are. I understand where she's in a good space or not great space and she's heading. Now, she'll be polite through that entire time. She won't say much, but I can see the cues. And so what what we're saying here is that that man will learn you right? He will learn his wife and he will value her significantly. And But again, if he doesn't value you, he's not going to take the time to learn you. So if he's not learning you, he's, he's probably learning somebody else and you should move on. Okay. Number five, husbands are lovers. Okay. Key here. Okay. So we're going to go start with Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, he gave himself, sacrificed. You know, scripture makes it very clear that the husbands are to love their wives and the wives are to respect their husbands. So what's really important to the wife? Love. What's really important to the husband? Respect. So men, what do you want? Respect. Ladies, what do you want? Love. And so we don't have time in 2020 to talk about, I don't, I, my household, my childhood, my parents, there's no reason for you not to get your mental health right and get to a place where you can identify love, experience love, and do love effectively, okay? And because a husband understands that his part of his responsibility is not for you to be perfect when he meets you. His responsibility is to sanctify you. Because when God, when Christ gave himself for the church, his word purified in that mo- in that moment, right? That's that sacrifice was a purification. And a husband is to sanctify his wife. He's to use the word of God and his words to take something with blemishes and make it, you know, blemish free, right? To make it pure, to make it perfect in sight. And so a husband understands that. And so in as a lover, what are some of the things ladies that you want to pay attention to? You want to know, can he give without expectation? You know, sometimes I'll just stop by the store and and randomly give some roses, give them to my wife, and there's no suggestion of her doing anything in return, or I expect something from her. I expect for him to learn from that moment so that at a later time she can reciprocate, 
because you are teaching. But in that moment of doing it, it's just because I want her to know that I love her. I want her to know and see that I'm thinking of her as I'm returning home. He will invest time, not spend time. There's a different behavior between when somebody invests their time versus spending their time. And you need to learn that. He'll add value to your home. So even if you're dating, when he comes to your apartment or your existing home, does he pick up? Does he help clean? Does he handy? Does he recommend solutions, right? He will do that without even living in your home. That's a great way to identify that. He can also be intimate with you without it leading to sex, rubbing your hair, touching parts of your body that you enjoy to be touched, holding your hand. Intimacy. He wants closeness with you. He's not blaming that he didn't have a father or a mother. He's not using the excuses of his past to, to limit his present, his future, or his destiny with you. No, he's either did the work or he's willing to do the work, and he's making it clear by choosing you. And you'll know too. He will speak life into you. In times that you are down, questioning, doubtful, he'll, he'll, he'll be that firm reminder of faith. That firm reminder of strong belief in God, he will continue to encourage you in the times that are darkest for you because he loves you, okay? These are five characteristics of a biblical husband. And look, like as I mentioned last week, women, you don't want no scrubs. TLC had that song, and if I had the rights to it, I would play it right now. But you don't want no scrub, and you don't need a scrub. So let's make sure that you don't get a scrub. Get you a biblical husband Keep you a biblical husband and be an amazing biblical wife to that husband. I hope this helps. I'll talk to you all soon. See you next week. KM family, what an incredible episode we just experienced on today's show, packed with wisdom and enlightenment. Remember, please subscribe to our newsletter, podcast, and YouTube channel for the best results. In addition, you can contribute to Kingdompreneur Mentor by commenting, requesting topics, or emailing us. And if you desire a deeper relationship with Kingdompreneur Mentor, visit our website at www.kingdompreneurmentor.org and learn more about our courses, masterclasses, and live events. We pray that God's favor goes before you and prospers your way and that people go out of their way to bless you.